Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix Hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastmatrix.com. That's podcastmatrix.com. Shield. It's an organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, Shield, the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. Shield's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. We have the plan. We've learned about the pieces now on the televised chessboard. Things truly are on a collision course. We can banter about how this most recent 43-minute episode sped by, but the truth is that the next 43 can't get here soon enough. We're hip-deep in this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu Streaming, and it's time to detail Collision Course, Episode 8 of the sixth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now inside the review crosshairs of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. A complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode. Greetings, everyone. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. The Star Wars saga and its ongoing review. Nick, did you like The Force Awakens? I did. You did? What did you like most about it? The return to a universe that felt like the universe I grew up in. Uh, not to diss on the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but it did not feel like Star Wars. I agree. It just, it just really didn't. Mm-hmm. Especially if you grew up watching A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And even though there are issues with The Force Awakens, it felt like Star Wars again. Yeah, I agree with that. And my co-host inside the Two Guys Talking Star Wars podcast will be reviewing all of that inside a perspective review of The Force Awakens soon. Look for more details about that, and you can check out all of our previous reviews over at twoguystalkingstarwars.com. Nick, the reticle is ready. This episode, Collision Course, is in the crosshairs of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Let's get to it. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. Kind of cheap, quick home arrival? I remember us talking about this previously, and it's when we were referring to, rather than just them bamfing home somehow magically with awesome Enoch power, it's time to go meet with Anthony Michael Hall right? and the whole Kitson planet fake guillotine stuff. Yeah. 
the last I, minute rescue of mysterious redheaded lady who just so happens to also want to go to Earth. Right, but has no ship. But has no ship. I'm not going to hate on this because towards the end of the scene, we actually get to a place where I really, really liked it. Mm. But it felt really in a hurry. It felt like it was a piece of st- televised storytelling because, hey, by the way, this isn't a televised story, so we have to hurry. And I don't like that. And that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been able to not do that so many times over the course of now six continuing seasons is frustrating because I know that they don't have to do it. Well, see, for me, I, I, I didn't really have a problem with it because it's one of those th- and we've talked about this in, in past seasons. Mm-hmm. Once you've seen the effect of a ship traveling through the warp thingy that they use, you don't have to show it again. Mm-hmm. You, you already know what that looks like. Yeah. So the or fact that they a, were, or you can make a digital representation like they do with or, the Zephyr, or a flash of a flash of a a, a light off screen to where mm-hmm. you're just seeing a flash and you know, oh, somebody just opened a portal. Mm-hmm. It was more of the peril inside the ship. Is the ship going to implode when mm-hmm. we flip the switch and mm-hmm. nothing happened? Well. Th- th- it means that the odds were in their favor. Mm-hmm. I just felt kind of cheap. I was looking for something that didn't look cheap, and it felt cheap. The weaving the pieces together scene. This is yet another masterstroke of the writing skill set that is showcased inside of this series at least ten times an episode where you just have to sit back and you go, someone was not only thinking about this previously, mm. but they understand the weaving of how the pieces, parts that are going on inside of this episode need to impact this entire season. Having been exposed to enough television to know that there are so many programs that not only never think about that, but do not practice it. Right. It really is fun to watch this kind of thing happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, we get to this this whole weaving the pieces of what we're seeing together scene directly out of the cheap, quick arrival back to earth so much so that it almost kicks away the cheap, quick arrival back to earth scene. Yeah. And so they almost did it. They almost did it where it all bleeds together. And I didn't really notice it. If they had just done something more than just the, the fake shaky of the, of the screen and the thunking sound inside of that, that first bit, I think I'd have not even mentioned that the first part felt cheap. Hmm. Making Jocko inhuman again. There is yet another masterstroke of stupid, simple production design that's pulled off inside this episode. And it's when almost every single what looks like breath, we look over at Jocko and Jocko is exuding this giant mammoth bull-esque snort of whatever it is he's breathing and taking in inside the pod. Right. And it is masterful. This is exactly the stupid, simple solutions I'm talking about. Inside of any other movie review that we have, inside of any other review of television that we run through, this is a stupid, simple thing of, okay, so are you ready to be on screen again? Sure. Give me just a minute. He takes a hit of his vaping pipe or whatever it is that they have him that he's then going to exude. Right. And my God, look at him. He's There's something wrong with him. He's not human. Well, yeah, he is. We're just making it look like he's not human. Mm-hmm. I loved all that. I love every single instance that we have of that. The end starts. I think the most masterful piece of this episode is all of us getting into the truck and watching Sarge 
step on the gas and throw forward a lever, and the pace of the episode is instantly going a thousand miles an hour, mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah, and it's super super effective because the story only just catches up to the end of the episode as the episode ends, and I love that. I wasn't sure where I was on it as the episode's going because I'm like, man, we're flying through this episode so much so that if you if you were to look at my show notes inside of this episode, you go, did, did you miss some? <laughs> because for those that are curious, I don't know what the count is, but Nick and I typically talk for about an hour, maybe an hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes about an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This one's going to be significantly shorter simply because I didn't make a whole lot of notes because I was paying attention to exactly what was going on because it was absolutely speeding by without question. Right. We're on a we're on a time crunch where the climax is concerned mm-hmm. uh, without knowing that we're on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we know things are building. We do not realize that they, the stakes are as high until we get a little bit more information from the enigmatic Sarge. Yeah. Keeping the plan out of reach and understanding. This is fun. Sarge does this wonderful dance of literally telling people, you don't get it. Okay? Yeah. (laughs) Look, all the things that you think you understand, you don't get it. And by the way, you're never going to understand this. And us believing him. Like, without question. Yeah. And, and I can't figure if that's... Is it because it's Coulson telling us that? And so it's layered in and you're just going to... You're going to understand and go, well, I, Phil Coulson said we can't, so I guess we can't. Or is it the the him being compelling enough as a villain that needs to be pulling the wool over somebody's eyes to get what and do what he wants? Mm. And I don't... It doesn't matter to me either way, but it's so good. It is one of the highlights inside of this episode, without question. It's good, but it can also get very frustrating because it's it's like it's a broken record. You don't understand how serious this is. Well, tell me how serious this is. I can't tell you how serious this is because you won't comprehend. You it. won't be able to understand. <laughs> uh, but if we keep on right. hearing that over and over and over again, it can get real old real quick. Yeah. Now I like the fact that we have a character that's been written to where the mystery. He's holding the cards, yes. Does he give out information? A little bit at a time. Uh, it's, it's very military, need-to-know kind of a basis. Oh, and also knowing that there's a card inside the hand right. that is yeah. all in his favor. Yeah, right. Where he might give out one card of information, he's got 17 that are all in his favor yeah. that are crucial to know. He's not only holding all the cards, he's holding all of the decks. He yeah. he owns yeah, all well the cards. Said. Yeah, we start seeing some of that lesson in this episode. We actually get get a little, I don't want to say a window has been opened into the mind of Sarge, but there's definitely a crack mm-hmm. that starts to form, especially when he's talking with Daisy. Mm. Oh, that's very well said and leads perfectly into meeting May and Daisy inside the truck. This might be my favorite scene of the episode. And it's because of <laughs> when we 
we were just doing this. We were just talking about very briefly about uh, Far From Home, the most recent Spider-Man film, before we were recording here. And invariably, you and I will instantly find monikers or nicknames for people to refer to them <laughs> inside of a movie yeah. so that we can quickly refer to them and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about and we never have to bridge that gap again. Well, that's essentially what Sarge does at the front end of this episode. <laughs> right. it, it's delicious. It's absolutely del- delicious. And I think it's why I gravitate towards liking Sarge so much. It's not because he looks like Coulson. It's not because he has, because he doesn't, he doesn't have any, he doesn't exhibit anything that is Coulson like, mm. but it's because he jumps into these things that were, were he just a dude, you and I would be sitting down with Sarge doing a podcast. Right. Because yeah. he does many of the things that we just do, which is, look, here's the situation. Here's the succinct breakdown. Ready to move on to the next thing? We do that all the time. Yeah. And I think if you were to look around at your friends and and the acquaintances and people that you work with regularly, you would note that that also happens with them. And it's why there is, it may not be an endearing piece of glue, but there's definitive glue between you and that person or those people yeah. that... It, you would be worse off without. And I love this scene where he introduces May and Daisy in, uh, inside the inside the truck as we initially get inside the truck. Well, yeah, it's the personal shorthand yes. that uh, yeah, individuals share with each other if they've spent enough time talking. Uh, I used to have it uh, with the old crew from my bouncer days. We had a shorthand that was really all wrapped up in pop culture references yeah. too so mm-hmm. but this is also this scene is also an example of the lack of trust still between the two camps mm-hmm. because daisy is not revealing that oh guess what i can all, i also have superpowers mm-hmm. i'm the hacker oh yeah that's going to help us you know compute cuz computer hacking that's going to stop the alien invasion <laughs> way to go so i've got you or sitting scowls recruiting deke for the mission so it's fun to include deke i also like that they've kept deke's character squarely in the fact that he's not just from the future and that he's trying to desperately with both gnarled hands and knuckles hang (laughs) on to anything that he's got in regard to business in this world right and it's fun it's it's fun to watch him grasp onto that and just absolutely not want to let go of it when he he would be much better served if he would just do what everybody says he needs to be doing yeah yeah and i I think that's super effective inside of this episode especially him as he could just totally be inserted as okay we need somebody tech to get this done uh how about deke and it doesn't feel like that at all it feels like there's a a character with a skill set that's being adapted to something as opposed to just shoving in the most puzzle piece fitting character because it's going to foster along the story. Or the fact that, huh, who haven't we used very much in this season? Oh, Deke, let's throw Deke some some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah writers, let's get a little bit more Deke. This works in so many ways because when you actually look at the character of Deke going back to the beginning of season five, wow. Mm-hmm. With as much change as he's gone through, he is still the same selfish, out-for-himself character that he was when we yeah. met him mm-hmm. at the beginning of last season. Yeah, the the circumstances have changed. The, the, the time the period has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The, the place, without question, has changed. But he has taken all of those old 
exhibited traits and habits, and he has grafted them onto what avails, what is availed to him now. Mm-hmm. And it's super effective. Yeah. It's yeah. super effective. If Nick starts humming like Gazelle, he's fired. The plan, the whole plan, and nothing but the plan. I was thinking of this as we adjourned last time. I think it was as I was pushing the stop record button on the recorder. Uh-huh. And you and I just finished talking about who she now has a name, Azelle. And she only has a name because I saw her name originally inside the captioning in the previous scene. Mm-hmm. So it's not because I knew her name. Because her name is actually referred to in the next scene as the Doomsbringer. Right. When you don't, you haven't actually connected the two yet. And I remember at the end of our last recording session, wouldn't it be interesting if the girl that has no ship and no way to get to Earth is the is the Doombringer? Right. She is yeah. the she is the Keymaster, and she's got to be brought to the gates essentially. And wouldn't that be very interesting? Well, here it is. I don't want to. I don't want to poo-poo on the writers, but it it, it does kind of seem very simplistic. But again, thirteen episodes this mm-hmm. season. You you can't be overly complicated, right? They've also, with both feet, dipped us into this episode's content. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. I, I don't know yep. where we are minute wise. I don't actually make minute notation of where I come up with my ideas for the episode bullets, but. I mean, like, we're deep inside this episode at this yeah. point where she's humming to herself, it feels like, at the beginning. And then it's not to herself inside of the the a very poignant piece of this episode. It's also just super creepy enough, but not yeah. not delving into horror creepy, but the, the creepy... Something is askew creepy. It's very, very well done. Talking Tech, the inversion transporter hole. Boy, this was really exciting. This is, not only we get to get Clark Gregg on the top of a frickin' semi-truck moving at speed in the middle of the corn grasslands of someplace, yeah. but we also get this wonderful piece that's showcased wonderfully on both sides where big hulking, fire-breathing man, Jocko, Jocko literally tells tells Pax, "Hey man, move!" And he hey, needs get to get off my coat. Yeah, and he has to move because as they unfurl the coat, you can see that there is a similar red ring on Jocko's coat as there is on the top of this truck. And I'm like, "What the hell is that?" And in a matter of seconds, you now get to see what the hell that is. Yeah, and it is tremendous. The special effects are pulled off wonderfully. The intonation of Sarge after he gets done is just like, meh, brushing off his jacket and then moving on to the next thing. I loved all of that. I thought it was incredibly good. Yeah, it's definitely one of those tech pieces that Sarge's crew have brought to the table that makes watching them do what they do highly entertaining and very interesting. I I, kind of hope that our agents kind of steal some of that tech by the end of the season so that they can then move forward and have some really cool kick-ass gear to propel them into even greater adventures moving forward. Yeah, the way that they make pods inside of this series, this this also, wouldn't it be very interesting if somehow, before they'd murdered half the team, but if we could have episodes that are all Sarge team-centric, mm. wouldn't that have been a very interesting 
perspective to take on what's being showcased here. And that probably would have happened had we had a full 22, 23 mm -hmm. episode order. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would have to, to fill in the space. Mm -hmm. Effectively, too. Right, right. Because yeah. every member of his team would have to have an episode that kind of revolved around how they were recruited. Or what recruited. their power is or something Right, like that. right. Yeah. Skill sets, things like yeah. that. Anyway, I was thinking of that when we focused on the inversion transporter whole thing, and your comments are perfect in that somewhere in another time of a television series, I'd watch them. I'd, I'd watch them without yeah, question. Yeah. And that's when we ask you guys, what is your talking tech moment from this episode? There were so many, so tell us what moved you in regard to talking tech inside this episode by going over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Chime in on any one of the threads that's there or start your own and tell us what you think. Not showing the tower. I need to go back and rewatch this episode because I think what I was missing was as the truck is speeding towards the tower, there's all kinds of wonderful, incredibly dramatic at speed. Oh my God, look, it's Clark Gregg on top of a freaking semi truck. Blah, blah, blah. That's all there. But what's missing is the tower. You, you, well, yes, but that's because at that point in time, they were still far away. Mm -hmm. There's another shot as we're getting closer to the end of the episode mm -hmm. that you can see the tower in the distance. And at the same time, if you look up, you can also see the ship descending as well. Mm -hmm. it, and the truck is also in the shot. So you've got all three. Oh, I'm going to have to but go back. They're very, yeah, yeah. I actually mm -hmm. took the time and I watched this episode twice. I watched it mm -hmm. once Saturday I, morning I and I watched it once this morning before, before we captured. Mm -hmm. And I've watched a lot of science fiction action fantasy stuff this weekend so mm. it, sometimes you Bleeds know you, together, it huh? can bleed together yeah i agree with that <laughs> meanwhile back on the chronicom ship dot 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 very interesting very yeah, interesting welcome back enoch you're back a whole hell of a lot sooner than i was expecting way sooner than i expected yeah. and the focal point here i like the floating focal point inside of this particular scene because it, it makes me wonder what's going to happen and compels me to the next episode almost instantly. Mm -hmm. And I realize that that's the whole point. I, I, I get that. Uh, but it was very interesting seeing you not come back again so quickly. Yeah. But then also the focal point of what's going on here. Very interesting. <laughs> Remembering the true pain of two-parters. Nick revealed some very interesting evidence, so much to make him the liar from last episode. Okay. <laughs> Not a liar, and it wasn't on the episode, thank you very much. It was while we were talking. Uh, I made mention that I could not remember the last time that there was a part one, part two, mm -hmm. specifically named that in the series. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I looked, and, and as a matter of fact, it's actually happened a handful of times previously. The only difference is, is that those episodes were shown together mm -hmm as one long two hours with commercials outing. Mm -hmm. So we've never really had to go part one, part two before. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what happens next week to see if those two episodes, had they been presented back to back, if there would be a difference in the flow, mm -hmm. a difference in the quality, a difference in uh, the, our perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, because think, I, because I'm, as of right now, great episode. But could it have been better if it was all together? Yeah. And 
as we get to the end of our breakdown here for this episode, and we talk about these words and these phrases, I remember us specifically saying that, yes, absolutely, in prior prior episodes, mm-hmm. that it was delivered together was way more satisfying than had it been presented in singular episodes 43 yeah. minutes at a time. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that's too big a give as we push to break <laughs> during this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. One of the things that we've got... What, 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 what the hell is that sound? Nick, is that you humming? I have no idea what you're talking about, Mike. Look, I told you before the show, no humming of any kind. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not my supervisor. Just a minute. Hold on. We're going to push to break here real quick, and I'll be right back. Or, I'm sorry, we'll be right back. Maybe. During this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. The humming. Jesus. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. For most, Friday the 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. (laughs) 
everyone. Welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming, this time Season 6, Episode 8, Collision Course. Every time Nick and I come back from break, after the humming details, of course, it's time to open up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers is where Nick and I find either an actor's portrayal, an impressive storytelling element, or something else that trips our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? My S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode is filled with the shocking love connection between Deke and Snowflake. <laughs> the shocking love connection. It's, it's going to be even <laughs> sh- more shocking when, you know, later on down the road she tries to flay Deke open after she's done using him in other fun ways. <laughs> uh, this was jarring. A, a, I, I don't want to say jarring, but I do want to say it's it adds a little bit to the comic reliefness of Deke, which has worked in the past where the character is concerned. But I don't like it when it's blatantly, hey, here's the character who does wacky things. This seemed, it it started creepy and escalated to, oh, oh, what did I just see? Oh, my eyes. (laughs) Uh, And and the fact that now, uh, again, moving forward, uh, there's a different shift in dynamics because Snowflake believes she's been betrayed. Sarge left her. So what's she going to do? Well, she's going to side with Deke the Stud Muffin. One would assume. We can only wait and see. But yes, the shocking love connection of Deacon Snowflake is my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier. Mm, that's a good one. And a very interesting piece of the episode that we actually didn't bring through in the in the general review. So that's very well said. My S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier this week is filled with crystalline structure. I have to give it to all of the production people. And I wish there would have been more. I think that that might be my only real super negative of this one. I would have loved to have seen more of what is going to be and is being built. Closer, more upfront, more expensive. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) I would have loved to have seen more of that because I absolutely loved what we're given here. Where it's just this sprawl of people standing around aimlessly. And then very quickly, it's not. Yeah. And how impactful, literally, that was. Not to just watch it happen, but then to contemplate what exactly is going to happen here. And the layover of that with Clark Gregg slash Sarge's detail of exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Man, that was super impactful inside this episode. That's where we ask you guys, what's inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode? Season 6, Episode 8, Collision Course. Let us know what you think by going over to our website... That's agentsofshield.tv. Fill in the quick web form and tell us what you think. Ah, the rating inside of each episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. An incredibly detailed, ornate sci-fi truck barreling towards destruction. A 1 is on the bottom of the heap. Shaky cam to denote space travel. Everything starts at 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick, there are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Well, this was a 
great episode, especially since the previous episode was just a little bit lackluster with the B story. There were a lot of things that we overlooked in the review for this. Uh, I think something that was awesome was Yo-Yo going toe-to-toe with with, uh, Pax, but also Jocko. Uh, again, showing showing the awesomeness that is Yo-Yo. Something else that we did not bring up, they actually chained Pax with his hands behind his back this time. Yeah. So so great. It's They learned. It was like, oh, oh, crap. We were doing it wrong in the previous episode. Let's make sure we do it right in this one. So that was nice. The one-on-one with, uh, with Daisy and Sarge, the kind of fishing for information stuff all really great but the most important thing that we did not talk about is we finally have the origin of the monoliths mm-hmm. and it's from Izel's planet mm-hmm. very compelling very interesting but then very similar to the previous episode and I say similar not exact the B story of Gemma and Fitz on the ship getting to Earth and, and getting closer and closer to Earth, trying to establish contact. I feel like all of that stuff was just used to build up the tension of, yes, in fact, this is the bad guy Sarge has been chasing. Now, where it's better than the previous episode is that we actually get her story as well. You know, we, we got Sarge's perspective, but then we also get Izel's perspective. Mm-hmm. And you know how they say there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth? Well, this is this is where we get to start trying to piece together. Mm. Who's really the bad guy and how bad is the bad guy? So the B story for this one definitely gets upgraded from the previous one, but still does not knock it out of the park where previous episodes have been. For me... I got to rate this episode a nine. I originally did not like this episode much, mostly because when I get to the end of the episode and I have nearly nothing captured in regard to notes, yeah, that kind of concerns me. And it's not because there wasn't something compelling inside the episode, for God's sake. We know that. Right, right. A really great sample is we blew by, we, I blew by <laughs> Yo-Yo's intervention with Pax and Jocko. Mm-hmm. And there's something I, I did want to talk about inside that scene and it's that they don't show anything. And yeah, it's terribly yeah. compelling and it works wonderfully. And when we have stuff like that, it's why I, it's, I, I don't want them like, okay, what's the yo-yo move of this episode? Now, I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. But when we can use her and it's so compelling and it's so effective to film it, mm-hmm. literally all you have to do is have her taking a couple of steps and blowing her hair with a with an air machine. And it works. Right. I mean, there's literally nothing else to do except show with the other camera what she actually did during that short stint of time that would have taken us five or six minutes each to do, but she's done instantaneously because she moves that fast. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I absolutely love that. What I also love and continue to love is the chemistry set of this podcast because it helps me go back and realize some of the stuff that either I just blew right by inside of the episode or something that didn't quite make sense that then abundantly makes sense after you flesh in a piece that I, I clearly hadn't even thought of. Mm, okay. And I hope that a piece of that happens for every one of you that's listening because I know that I get all kinds of value out of it. 
the biggest detractor inside of this episode is that it was not two times 43 minutes, clearly. Right, yeah. There's no question. In fact, if you... I wonder if maybe you hadn't said that this is a piece of a two-parter, blah, that whole discussion, if I would have even thought about it. Hmm. But I know I would have oh, gotten to So it's to my the, fault again. Yeah, it's absolutely, without yeah, question. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, right. you'll hum the whole night I'm through. I'm the asshole. You, you, you won't even think about it. <laughs> the, the, the gist, though, is that I'm not satiated yet because I don't have a conclusion yet. Mm. And something that we've gotten inside of every previous episode inside of this season is some sort of reaching of a waypoint. And I don't know that we have inside of this one. In fact, not only have we not reached a waypoint, there's actually four or five of them that need to have a conclusion at the end of this episode. Yeah. That's the nugget that's at the end of this episode for me, and it's not nearly as satisfying as the previous episode. So I'm going to give this episode an eight. I think what will instantly happen after this episode, though, is if there was a way to take the next episode and the details of what happens in the next episode and marry them with the details of this episode, I think I would have an infinitely higher score for the both of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. And that's where we ask you guys, what would you rank this episode? Season 6, Episode 8, Collision Course. Let us know what you think by going to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Click anywhere inside of one of the threads that's made or start your own and tell us what you rank this episode. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication, reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash Shield Podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of Shield news, the arrival of our newest reviews, and more. The Agents of Shield Podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys talking communication. This is something you and I had talked about inside a previous episode. And it's that we had to have the whole time to go meet Anthony J. Michael Hall Q. What's his name? Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you added the J in there. I don't either. You had it right until you added a J. Mike and his venomous hate for this episode. (laughs) 